We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome in to another Buzz Beat. We are live following the Hornets' third in-season tournament game in Group B. They fall to one and two as they just finished playing the Bucks. Final score, 130-99. I don't think the final score did it justice, but by the same token, Hornets were not good, uh, especially in the second half tonight. But thanks again for tuning in to another episode. This is Richie, and I'll be joined by Lee today. We are on Spaces, so if there's anyone here that would like to chime in or ask questions, I'm pretty sure we'll have time to get into that. And then for our YouTube viewers, we will have a trivia that we will present here shortly, and the first one to respond in the comments will get BuzzBeat Plus for a year. So I'm in a giving mood, Lee, in a giving mood, because today, Friday, November 17th, is our seventh anniversary of BuzzBeat. Crazy to think that, we, yeah, cheers, cheers to that. Uh, crazy to think that we've been going for seven years, Lee, and uh, you've been an awesome addition. Oh, man, I've uh, I've loved every minute of it from a, you know, BuzzBeat collaboration standpoint. I can't say I've loved every minute of Hornets uh, basketball and uh, franchise decision making, but that's for another time. Cheers to seven years. Cheers to, you know, you and Spencer getting this thing started uh bg joining you know along the way and then later myself joining along the way it's uh that's certainly a reason to celebrate yeah it's crazy to think time has flown by it actually started off from spencer and myself we just kind of thought about doing it uh it was actually called the qch podcast for like a couple months and then a network approached us not the blue wire network but a different network approached us and changed the name and we've been under the umbrella of BuzzBeat ever since. And then, yeah, added you, added Brian along the way. And I think all four of us add a different dimension to this podcast. And uh, yeah, it's been a fun ride, even though uh, the Hornets have not been successful. I will say this. I wonder, I'm starting to wonder if we're the bad luck, Lee, because uh, since we've started this, they've not made the playoffs. I mean, and you know, you we've got that lovely intro video that just kind of is a turnstile of images that make me long for the past from Eddie Jones to Jamal Mashburn to David Wesley, even to the Kim. I mean, the Kimba days at this point don't seem all that bad. Like Kimba was like carrying us to like 
the seventh and eighth seed there for, you know, a three to four year stretch. And uh, what I wouldn't give for a seven or eight seed right now. Yeah, it's going to be one of those things where I'm like tempted to take next season off. And if they make the playoffs next season, I'm going to go ahead and say, you know, it's our podcast that is causing the bad luck. So seven years, seven years without a playoff appearance. So I'm going to go ahead and get this trivia out there. I'll put it on the screen and just kind of have it pop up throughout the course of the show. But if anyone in the comment section would like to submit their answers, uh, you can go ahead and do that. And I'll give you guys a buzz beat plus for a year. So the Hornets this year have been attempting a lot of their shots from the rim. And I have a trivia question as it relates to rim attempts. The one player that has had the most rim field goal attempts in his single season for Charlotte is who? So up on the screen, in all the years that the Hornets have played, the Bobcats have played, who has the most rim attempts for Charlotte. So that'll be on the, the bottom of the screen. If anyone wants to comment, uh, I can kick, take a look at that. So um, I don't know where you want to start with this, Lee. Uh, this was a fast pace to the game for Charlotte up and down in the first quarter. It started off very promising. I think they got off to a 13 point lead at one point. I think obviously the shots started to falter every quarter that it went along. And then the third quarter, the bucks turned it on from deep with their outside shooting and like it's crazy to think that Damian Lillard has had a slow start to this season, but all you need is a game against the Hornets to kind of get things going. And uh, even the Hornets broke out the zone a couple of times on a handful of occasions. But you know, defense aside, even though they gave up 130 points, offensively, a lot of players were absent with PJ Washington and, and Gordon Hayward. It felt like. Brandon Miller, although he was good in the mid-range, was not very good from behind the arc, and that's something that's going to be a story that continues. I think I think some fans might be getting impatient with the fact that this rookie uh, that is touted as a three-point shooter has not hit his three-point shot. I just feel like this offense really struggles. It Well, Rozier is out of the equation too, but it, the off-ball movement, like if, if it gets in the hands of LaMelo or Miles Bridges who made his return or whoever – a lot of the off-ball players aren't moving around, and I think the defense for the Bucks or the defense for any opposing team can kind of key in on the drives because they know that the Hornets like to get to the rim. They like to use that pick and roll, and that is what I'm seeing. So, you know, Brandon Miller, Gordon Hayward, whoever's off-ball, you guys have got to continue moving. So I'm not sure if that's like a coaching thing or if it's just like a stand around and let's watch LaMelo try to get a, a pick and roll uh, situation occur and try to get downhill. So that is kind of what I saw from this game, kind of a quick overview and my quick notes uh, from a team perspective. Yeah, you know, I agree. I mean, the look, I mean, LaMelo ball is having a very uh, impressive, you know, kind of run of offense from a production standpoint, you know, over the last, three weeks or whatever it's been. He's, I like what I'm seeing from him from kind of a, you know, disruption standpoint. I mean, opposing defenses are having all kinds of trouble keeping him out of the lane, all kinds of trouble containing him in and around the lane from a, the, the floaters, the, the, the scoop shots, the, the Euro step finishes, you know, he's doing, some really nice things getting into the paint, getting paint touches, putting putting stress on opposing defenses. 
but you're right in terms that, you know, unless it's like a pure just drive kick out or if it's a kind of lob to Mark Williams in the dunker spot off of off of some of that like Lamelo snaking driving action, there's just doesn't seem to be a ton of like creative offensive action. And I mean, I hate to say it. I, I hate to have had this thought tonight, but like there is a part of me that still really wonders why this team ever let go of James Borrego, who was a creative offensive mind. Now, granted, there's nothing James Borrego could have done with the injuries and the kind of nightmarish season that the Hornets had last year from a talent availability standpoint. I'm not saying by any means he could have solved those problems. But when you see this, like, somewhat and, – and look, to be fair, the Hornets' offense from relative to NBA standards this year isn't above above average offense right now. Maybe after tonight, it'll be a bit more average than it was uh, three days ago. But the main, I mean, this team can't stop anybody, Richie. Like, this is the worst defense in the NBA, you know, whatever we're 11 games in or whatever we are. And again, tonight, the Bucks shoot 55% from the field, 48% from three. I mean, you're, you're not going to beat any team in the NBA uh allowing teams to shoot 55 percent you're certainly not going to beat the milwaukee bucks who in my mind are still a championship contender i know there's been some talk about they're getting older slow start dame all that stuff i think they're kind of coalescing and uh granted they're not as athletic as some of their like younger competitive counterparts but this is still a very 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 top level nba team I'll, I'll stop rambling and kick it back to you to see where else we might want to kind of bounce in and out of tonight. But I think my main takeaways are there are still some of the same concerns we've had with LaMelo, but he is a incredibly talented offensive production uh, player right now. And number two is this Steve Clifford led team just doesn't get stops. They, they you know, just the, the bleed on, on the defensive end of the court continues to hemorrhage. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And it's interesting coming from Clifford, who is a defensive-minded coach, and trying to get the best out of these guys. I want to say they're like bottom two, bottom three in defense. They might might even be last. but offensively, defensively tonight, it was not going either way uh, for these guys. And Lamelo, to your point, the one thing that I have noticed with Lamelo, like especially in this game, his floater game was really working tonight. They were dropping. Oh, yeah. I think he's going to be a guy that can almost get in the category of Trey Young, where 
and in terms of driving inside the paint and has to have that effect to where he can hold on to the ball to the last possible second and decide whether he wants to hit the floater or whether he wants to hit the lob to Mark Williams or Nick Richards. He did one of those uh, attempts of the third quarter where he held on and the, the big that was dropping or the big that was, you know, trying to contest had to leave his feet because, you know, LaMelo almost baited him into thinking that he was going to hit this floater, but then he hits it to Mark Williams. So I do think if he continues to hit these floaters and, you know, in his first couple of seasons, his floaters that he was trying to make were like from like 15, 14 feet. Yeah, these are a little like bit closer to the rim. Long floaters that he, yeah. I like the fact that these are a little bit closer to the rim uh, because you're having to draw the defender in a little bit easier. Lopez isn't going to go for a 15 foot floater. He's not, he's going to say, Hey, you take that and uh, we'll live with it. But the fact that he's getting into like four or five, six feet range, it puts the defense in more of a predicament. He was even hitting it like on a bank shot, like trying to get that arc over the big hit the bank uh, floater a couple times. And so, yeah, he did have an awesome game tonight for the Hornets finished with 30 plus points. I think he and Mark are going to just pair well together. Mark Williams, in the fourth quarter kind of faded. I think everyone faded in the fourth quarter, but I just think his ability to work well with LaMelo in terms of uh, a couple of different reasons, but mainly because of the pick and roll aspect of it and the ability to stretch and just catch almost anything in his direction. And even if LaMelo goes for the floater and he misses, he has that ability to Mark Williams to kind of put that put back dunk man. He had one. I don't know what quarter it was where he almost had like a running start to it and it just must have slipped through his hands. But his length and his like disruption with his with, with his length and with his wingspan shows up in so many different ways. Uh, so I don't think his box score in terms of the points like stood out to me, but I just think his on-court impact the, with the way that he can use his length uh, stood out to me the most with Mark Williams. Yeah, no, I mean, Mark Williams, is a, he's a good NBA center in his second year. You know, there's there's still things you want to see from him. Um, you know, particularly on the defensive end at sometimes from kind of a rotation positioning standpoint. Um, but he's so, he's so big. He's so athletic, long and coordinated. And he has an internal motor like he plays really hard um, and he's got pretty decent like spatial awareness in terms of kind of when he should and when he shouldn't slide into certain spaces playing off of LaMelo, like you said, to get those lobs at the rim, chasing down putback dunks. He is, I mean, we've we've kind of talked about on this podcast. I mean, he's the he's the best young center this team has had in in eons. And then uh the only other thing I was gonna say tonight that was somewhat interesting was there was some rotation changes a little bit from Clifford. Um he went with Ish Smith uh kind of as his pro or um de facto backup point guard, even though he was playing with LaMelo a lot. But right. essentially, Ish came in instead of Teo Maladone. Um, so that was a little bit of a rotation change. Um, obviously, Bridges back in the lineup essentially meant almost no Thor. Like there was a there was a, a very brief Thor moment in the third quarter. He did get a nice dunk off a of LaMelo drive and dish. Um, but I think that that's probably something we can mostly – expect going forward and nick richards went out in the second half so i think that was honestly the only reason we saw thor there for a second um so just like some very minor um lineup changes i mean if if our audience is still with us you know at this point they're here for the for the very vague nuanced lineup changes that people are are paying attention to so that was one thing that was interesting and then you mentioned the uh 
the one three one zone that that Clifford threw out there a little bit in the first half, which honestly, I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me in terms of what Milwaukee did against it from a points per possession standpoint, but just from like an anecdotal eye test standpoint, it did seem to like confuse and stymie them a little bit in that first half. I think that's just Clifford trying to do something. Yeah, right. I mean. In Borrego's last season, you saw a lot of two-three zone. You know, this has been kind of an ongoing defensive struggle for this like iteration of this Hornets core that they struggle to get stops. So, like you, the same thing you were saying, Richie, it was just him trying something. And it's funny you mentioned like the one-three-one zone. I couldn't like it felt like it was like different variations. In the second half, it looked more one, like two-two two at times too, one, right? Two. And the second half looked more like a two, three. Like, I, I don't know if that was just my eyes deceiving me, but it looked different on a couple of, of, of possessions. I was just like, okay, what's, what's going on here? But yeah, trying anything and everything on that end of the court. Uh, but to your point about the rotation, I thought the same thing, you know, tail Maladon feels like he is being replaced by Ish Smith. The, uh, the veteran there, I actually thought Ish Smith played well tonight. He did. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, you know, obviously the fourth quarter, he missed a ton of shots, but I think, a lot of people missed a ton of shots in that fourth quarter where garbage time started to come in. But I think just putting pressure on the defense with his penetration and weaving in and out of the pain and forcing defenders to kind of keep their head on a swivel does wonders for a team that, uh, you know, needs those off ball movement. As I was talking about uh, JT Thor, to your point, only got in because Nick Richards was out with concussion like symptoms. Uh, I think at first he was cleared, but then they kind of kept him back in the back during the second half. Uh, it was interesting to see that kind of development come about. You know, I think of football when I think of concussion, but you know, he hit his head hard on the yeah, on did. the uh, on the brightly colored court. What, what do you think about these courts? Uh, I think they're cool. I actually like them. Um, I mean, it's just like you know, it's what it's four times a year. Like what? The, no harm, no foul to me. It's kind of fun. I, I like that they're at least trying to like make these in season tournament games feel a little different with the jerseys and stuff. I mean. It does. It is kind of a bummer, like for a team like the Hornets, where you kind of get excited about maybe they could make. And now, like they're basically out of it, essentially. Now, I mean, some really crazy stuff would have to happen for them to even have a chance at that like wild card East spot. So, uh, pretty much done on the in season tournament thing now, except like to play spoiler a little bit. And then I don't know, Richie. That there is one thing I've been thinking about, like. And it, it popped back into my mind today when when Richards went out in the second half. I'm wondering slash like maybe a little surprised this team hasn't elected for a third center rather than one of these young guards. I mean, it feels like we're pretty wing guard heavy right now. And like anytime Richards and or Williams is in foul trouble, which is actually there's been some games this year where they've both been in foul trouble at the same time. The Hornets really don't have a great answer besides like PJ at the five or going super small with, you know, Thor and Hayward, you know, like I've just, I've I've just wondered if cup check has thought about that at all. I I don't even necessarily have any like names that are available uh, from like a, you know, G league standpoint or call up or trade, but uh, I know that's a small thing. I've just like with the roster, there is kind of some flexibility in the guard wing stuff. And then the only other thing I was going to say is uh, we did see like a very brief Nick Smith Jr. moment actually yeah. while the game was still close. So he hit a nice pull up jumper. He had a block on the backside, I think against was it Connaughton maybe? No, or, it was, uh, Portis Jr. It was Portis. Yeah. So like 
it was nice just to see him at least it, Clifford at least give him a chance to play in a game that was still competitive, and he showed some he showed some energy and some spunk. Yes, and I, I'll get to him in a second, but there was somebody in the YouTube comments that did get the trivia question correct. And uh, do you have a guess as to who has the most rim attempts in a single so, season for Charlotte? I can prove that I didn't. I did not know what the trivia question before, and I wrote down Gerald Wallace. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is that You're correct? correct? You're correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I would have thought it would have been like a, a center, uh, but maybe because, you know, centers back in the day probably didn't have as many rim attempts, so probably more of the modern era, probably getting more attempts at the rim. But, yeah, back in 2006, 2007, Gerald Wallace was actually third in the NBA in field goal attempts at the yeah. rim behind Carmelo Anthony and Eddie Curry. <laughs> oh, wow. What a blast from the past. I mean, that's the thing, man, like, it, I mean, I'm sure actually probably a decent amount of our listeners, you know, were were fans of the Hornets during the Jared Walla era. And like, I think he is forgotten and a little underappreciated of just what an athletic talent he was. I mean, Gerald Wallace out of, you know, out of Alabama, like he was he was big, you know, six, like legit six, 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 seven wing that was ripped and probably had an over 40 inch vertical. I mean, he was a like top 1% athlete at his peak. Um, I, I like one of the, fir- after I wrote that down, one of the first guesses I saw was Al Jefferson, which I thought was a really good yeah. guess too, because he was just living in and around the paint, you know, you know, in his two like couple prime season and seasons in Charlotte. Um, but yeah, Gerald Wallace, I figured just from like, you know, the downhill aerial rim yep. attack stuff. <laughs> good guess. All right, so back back to the game. Uh, Nick Smith Jr., you did bring up. Uh, I want to talk about him and Brandon Miller together. Obviously, they're both rookies. Yes, Nick Smith Jr. did not just play because of garbage time. He right. was in there in the first half. So he's even getting the nod over Maladon at this point, trying something out. Which I think is right. Like, I like Teo, but I think that's the right call. You got to see what Nick's got, I think. Correct. I do think, though, having, you know, yes, what you said is correct, but I do think that Nick Smith Jr., I mean, obviously, any young player would would benefit from this, but like, I think he benefits from playing with the full roster around him. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So, like, tonight is the perfect example because there's not anyone major, you know, Al besides Rozier, you know, Cody Martin. We'll, we'll get to him uh, oh. whether or not he comes back anytime soon. But I, I think the fact that he was playing with guys around him that were competent, he looked spunky, he looked uh, full of energy. He's a guy that is. Um, kind of has that change of pace too. Yeah. There was this elbow jumper that he had in the second quarter where he basically just kind of transfers that like speed and jittery movement to slow down and rise up for that shot right at the elbow. So it, he looks comfortable doing that. And then the other rookie, obviously Brandon Miller, man, I mean, like I said, he, he's still struggling to hit his outside shot, but he's finding ways inside the arc to at least hit some, you know, tough, floaters um mid-range pull-ups too he also had the uh, opportunity to guard Lillard uh I think yeah. that's, that that shows a lot of how Clifford trusts him and his length on the defensive side of the court and like I said I don't care how slow Lillard has started this season uh, to be the primary guy to start the game on Lillard uh, says a lot about the way that they view him on the defensive side of the court so I think he did get into foul trouble in the first quarter so they had to pull him a little bit and uh I don't think he came back into the second quarter to like eight or seven minutes left, 
But that three-point shot, uh, I'm, I'm hoping it picks up soon rather than later. But at least he's got something in the, you know, in the in-between where he can kind of rely on as well. Yeah, I mean, I would, you know, we're this. What this is our eleventh game tonight, right? Like, I, I think he'll. I would say he'll end up in that like thirty-three percent range on the season. He's at like twenty-seven right now. I'm not. I'm not concerned about his jump shooting long term. You see the free throw stroke. You see the mid-range stuff. The defensive thing, Richie, I think is a great point. Like, not to say he doesn't really need to improve as a point of attack defender and not to say that he's like some premier point of attack defender as a rookie, but they've put him on Kyrie. They've put him on Jalen Brunson tonight. As you said, he, he was on Dame a decent amount. Like even the fact that an old grizzled dog like Clifford would even allow Brandon Miller to guard players like that says a lot, say what you want about Steve Clifford, but you're not going to get like, premier defensive assignments from him without earning that to some degree. Um, so that's, that is, that is a cap in his feather from, from kind of an early evaluation, you know, early career development standpoint. I'm not super, super worried about the long-term jump shooting. I think the one thing that I would be concerned about, or the one thing that I would really want him to, uh, focus on in the you know next summer would be his uh, like comfortability if that's a word handling the basketball like he's just a bit unless it's in transition or unless it's off a pump fake and put down like he's comfortable if somebody's closing out and he can pump fake and get around him he's comfortable if he's out running a lane like filling a lane he's actually pretty electric in transition uh, when he gets out on the break but like his like tight space ball handling, um, which isn't super uncommon for like a big lanky wing like him, uh, is is really kind of like I, I kind of hold my breath when he's like doing that type of stuff. But I think the jump shooting from distance will come around. But I can understand why people are like, hold on, I thought this guy was like a high thirty percent, you know, three point jump shooter. Yeah, I mean that that's what he was known for coming out of Bama. So. You thought that would translate right away, but obviously right. that doesn't always happen. I, I will say, you know, in terms of the handle, I, I think your points are all valid, but I think he does a good job too of keeping his defender on the back on his back in a pick and roll situation. Uh, I think he can use his length, and even though he's not like strong or like bulky by any means, at least it keeps the defender a little bit farther away, and he can pull up from that fifteen foot range and and drill that shot. All right, so the last thing I want to talk about before we wrap up here, Lee, unless you have other stuff, is is Miles Bridges. Uh, I know this is a very awkward situation to talk about, but from a basketball on-court perspective, it really didn't feel like he missed over a year of basketball. I actually thought you know, the rust was going to play more of a factor than it really did. Like, If you're just looking at in terms of like the best players tonight, I think LaMelo Ball is, is clearly number one. But I think you can make the case that Miles Bridges was the second best player. Mark Williams is up there as well. Yeah, I was going to say uh, him or Mark. Yeah, I mean, his first his first bucket was really early in the game. It was like a pull up mid range shot, which is really you know ironic because that's not never something you really yeah. see in his game. Uh, but just the combination of everything that he brings to this team with the energy, the up and down pace, the rebounding. I think one thing that the Hornets. Uh, you know, sorely miss is, is a guy that can take it to the rim off the bounce and and use his strength, use his speed, use his uh, agility to get there. 
We don't have many players like that that can withstand contact. Uh, he does that. I think he's an underrated passer. He had a nice little pass to Mark Williams the first quarter on a slip to the basket. When you mentioned earlier when uh, JT Thor came in, like he was playing, well, I don't know if you want to call him the five or the four in that situation, right. but playing some small ball, five, small ball, four in that situation. Uh, he has the ability to be versatile and uh, withstand contact at the rim. He had a couple and ones and just kind of finding his path all the way to the rim. And 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 defensively, he makes an impact too. So it, it, it's a very awkward situation to talk about him as 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 a player, just considering everything that's surrounding him. But the Hornets keep using that word. They are comfortable with him playing, considering the recent allegations that have been thrown around, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're a um, we're a drink of Coors beer and talk about hoops about podcasts. So, I mean, that's what we'll do. Right. I mean, everybody knows the context and, and it sucks. But in terms of him being back on the floor, it was definitely kind of a surreal experience. I mean, he hadn't played in 19 months. Like he had not played in a Hornets uniform since the Atlanta play in game. Like that seems like that might as well be a decade ago. It seems like. So yeah, I thought he looked like predictably a little, uh, I don't know if passive is the right word, but you could tell he was certainly trying to kind of feel his way into right. like opportunities, which is not like a bad thing. You don't necessarily want to see a guy, you know, in his situation come out just absolutely gunning. Um, and I thought he looked like a little more maybe like land bound and like boxy than he normally looks. But I think as he gets into like game shape and, like he gets a, a real kind of like five to 10 game lather. You you hope you see like some of that super, super explosive athleticism come back. Um, but you're right. Like in terms of, I mean, he had one play sticks out in my mind. I don't remember if it was like a trailer catch uh, on a, on kind of like a secondary break or how he ended up in the position, but he had the ball against Giannis kind of top of the key and just a nice, quick right-to-left crossover, got Giannis off balance, attacked the rim with his left hand, got fouled, didn't finish. But just like that snapshot of a player making kind of an isolation dribble move against a premier defender, getting downhill, elevating, challenging Giannis athletically towards the rim was like, oh, wow, like haven't seen anybody like that in a while in a Hornets uniform. So I mean, look, he brings qualities to this team that we do not possess elsewhere on the roster. Him and LaMelo have always had a very nice kind of um, rapport as basketball players. They complement each other pretty well. Um, and so so now that LaMelo has Mark Williams and Miles Bridges back in the lineup, it'll be really interesting to see those kind of like relationships off of the LaMelo ball universe, how that, how that flourishes with those two back. And, and, and it'll be interesting to see what Clifford does. I mean, Bridges didn't start tonight, but he played 33 minutes. So, you know, he, he played starter minutes. We'll see if Brandon Miller stays in the starting lineup. We'll see if PJ Washington stays in the starting lineup. I don't hate Bridges coming off the bench. It's kind of this like massive change of pace. So maybe it'll just stay that way. Yeah, with the way that the second unit is playing, uh, yeah, right. I mean, obviously you got to stagger a lot of different players and, and make sure that there's at least three players on the court that are competent or have starter qualities in them. But I, I think him coming off the bench is not a bad idea, especially as he works his way into game shape and kind of feeling his way out. All right, any final thoughts here uh, as we wrap up the Hornets? 
Again, they lost another game. Uh, this is their second loss in East Group B play. Uh, that puts them fourth in the, the group behind the Bucks, the Heat, and the Knicks. They have one more game against the Knicks November 28th. There's literally no way that they can actually um, make it. I wouldn't think so. There, there's, there's no possible way. So the Hornets did lose this game 130 to what was it 99 lee 99 so they did not get to the 100 point mark uh we appreciate everyone for tuning in to us on youtube and twitter spaces this will be out as a full podcast version uh tomorrow so we'll check you guys later for lee i'm richie see you guys later Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.